Welcome to the Mindful Escape podcast. My name is Leighton Jewett and I am your host and today we have not one but two very special guests on the show. Rowan Evans started their business about five years ago and they talk about the transition from their very well established careers into the entrepreneurial world. The thing I love most about this episode and I'm sure you'll love it too is the authenticity behind their story and how honest they are about the harsh realities of starting your own business, the challenges that come up along the way and the lessons they learn. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Let's jump straight in. Evan and Ro, welcome to the Mindful Escape. Uh, Evan, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about who you are and what you've been up to. Absolutely. So really happy to be here. Thank you so much, Layden, for having both Ro and I. And I am co-founder of Brutal Buddha, along with Ro. I have been living abroad on and off for the last several years. I am American, as if you can't tell from the U.S. accent, if there is one. And I'm a basketball player. I like to work out. I'm really passionate about making impact, right? Whatever that looks like. And also healthcare. So uh, I've had a health, uh, a health and wellness practice, a mindfulness practice, meditation, yoga, et cetera, which I incorporate into my day-to-day life, you know, what we say on and off the mat. So in my professional life as well. Amazing. And Ro, how about you? Yeah, thanks, Slayton. Great to be here. Uh, so alongside Evan, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Brutal Buddha. Uh, we've built the world's first protective athleisure brand for men. A uh, little bit of background about me. Uh, I am a health and wellness enthusiast. I love all things uh, board sports, uh, wake surfing, wakeboarding, snowboarding. I'm an ex-D1 collegiate uh rugby player, uh, played soccer, lots of sports growing up. Uh, and yeah, I love traveling. I've been to over 50 countries and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in mindfulness and, you know, as we've built this brand, you know, learning more about, uh, not only the physical benefits of, you know, exercise and well-being, but also the mental benefits. So things like, you know, your MBTI test, emotional intelligence, all those types of things um, I'm quite interested in. So it's great to be here. Yeah, amazing. It sounds fascinating. I'm really excited to find out a little bit more. Um, What I'd like to do, if it's okay, let's just jump back a little bit to when you were both kind of working in your corporate kind of roles, what you were doing, and was there something that triggered you or encouraged you to move from that kind of work to building your own business. Evan, do you want to go first? Surely. So it's a great question. And I ponder on this quite a bit. I would say my career started off in a direction that I thought would be a lifelong passion, which it still remains to be a passion in some way, shape or form. But I started my career in medical sciences. So I went to school, I did pre-med as far as my bachelor's degree. And I had pursued a doctorate, right? I was pursuing a uh, an MD and I was shadowing many, many, many doctors working in the ER, you know, doing hospital administration and really working more on the clinical side of medicine. Uh, in, in which time I realized, you know, in my early twenties that I'm actually more passionate about global business. So of course there's doctors without borders and several ways you can, you know, continue in that way, uh, still serving and, you know, practicing surgery, whatever that looks like. 
but I ultimately said I would come back to it if the passion remained over years and years. And um, I, I went and got my MBA. So I decided to try my hand at business and that led me to uh, an inter international career, right? So that is where I started my corporate life at a company called Gartner. And I think in your 20s, it's important, you know, at least for many people, it's important to learn, right? Especially if you're not, you know, naturally crafted with, you know, uh, business or entrepreneurship right from the, right the get-go. I think it's good to learn. So I joined a technology company, technology advisory company, which I then spun off and did my own startup, which is a software company in travel technology, had some great experiences, and then found myself back in a mid-size enterprise, a small company, smallish, uh, in which I was managing Asia. So I was overseeing the growth and development across Asia Pacific. Um, and then from there, again, took another stab at startup with Row and went full-time about a year and a half, two years ago. So it's been a great journey. Uh, I've done anything from you know healthcare, like I mentioned, to sales and marketing, to um, entrepreneurship as a, as a founder and co-founder. Nice. Okay. And Ro, did you have a similar background or very different? I, I did have a somewhat similar background, uh, slightly different. So uh, I had more of a finance background. I was actually... Uh, you know, going into investment management, uh, global banking, right, which is what I started in right out of university uh, in New York City, uh, basically selling software to large financial institutions. And it was great. Um, you know, I, I do have a passion for personal finance. Uh, I do have a passion for global markets, you know, um, uh, supply chain all of those types of things. Um, but for me, you know, I mean, you asked about like, when, when was it when you kind of like knew that, you know, maybe you needed to change, you know, from corporate. And I guess for me, uh, I've learned over time that I like, I like impact and I like working on very tangible things. And so what I found at my, you know, corporate job was that I was, you know, selling a lot of things that were uh, not very tangible right? You don't really feel software. You don't really see its impact. The financial markets are obviously happening all around us. Um, but I really wanted to build a physical product that could impact, in our case, uh, men and help them live longer, healthier, but most importantly, fulfilling lives. So that's um, what I wanted to do was build something tangible that I could see, that I could notice was helping others, um, and yeah, that was really, I think when I had that turning point and I'm also somebody who I love a good challenge. And so, you know, when you're in kind of your same role and you're sort of growing in it, um, you know, you start to get comfortable and I don't like getting really comfortable. So I wanted to dive into a new challenge and really build something from scratch. And so that's really, really exciting for me. Yeah. The thing I love is that both of you have come from a background which are both very good careers and probably positions you could continue stay in for the rest of your lives, right? So the fact that you've both kind of stepped outside and gone that little bit further to create your own business is really lovely to hear. I think one of the things I'm curious about is because you are both working these full-time jobs and it sounds like you transitioned over time and then only in the last couple of years have gone full-time, what were the kind of challenges around that in terms of time, finances, and anything else that came up? I don't know if you want to respond to that one, Evan. Absolutely. 
finances are definitely critical, right? When you're planning to build a business, you want to make sure that you have your needs met. So I do think whether you have to find a side hustle, you know, to bring in cash flow or, you know, continue in your corporate, you know, role or mid-sized enterprise role to put some money away, I do think, you know, to be able to avoid the intense stress of worrying about, you know, where your next meal is going to come from. And this probably applies more so to, you know, aspiring, aspiring entrepreneurs out of college or even out of high school, right? Um, it, it does make it tougher, but it also kind of molds you. You know, we have lots of friends who've done it right out of school and, you know, have had to live on a very frugal budget. So, you know, when, when, when it comes to planning and, and strategizing, you do want to build some sort of runway for yourself. And I would say a slight cushion if possible, right? Because then if you're, if you're not as stressed, you can actually focus more, the mind can open up more, you can get more creative. So in the beginning for us, it was really critical to at least, you know, see through our roles, not just financially, but also, you know, doing the right thing by the company, right? Ro and I both held people leadership positions and, you know, it would have been um, a little premature to just jump as soon as we had the idea. We wanted to let the idea grow legs. We wanted to see what it was like to work with one another. So Ro and I were meeting up at 5.30, 6 in the morning, a couple of times a week before going into the office. We were going to the gym three times a week on the other days, you know, going to the gym for an hour, hour and 20 minutes before work, right? So we were pretty much seeing each other every single day before we would go into our corporate life. And then after we would always get together, we would share a lot of messages back and forth. So there's a lot of things that we, we could talk about here, um, but I won't hog the mic on that one. I'll let Ro kind of weigh in since we were in the journey together. Yeah, I think those are all really good points, Evan. And, you know, I think it's important uh, to have that financial cushion, you know, to, to, you know, work outside of hours. And I think we were on a podcast, uh, funny enough, uh, last night, uh, late, and we were telling you about that. We have our own podcast called the longevity podcast. And we had a, a guy on there who said, you know, it's really important for entrepreneurs to have two things, right? One is excellence and one is clarity. And I think, you know, what, what you're going to find as an entrepreneur is, uh, especially at the beginning, um, is your, your to-do list is going to be in the thousands and you're never, never going to get everything done. So I think it's important to be very organized, very focused, um, to, to, to get things done, um, and, and have some fun with each other. Cause it, you know, it can be a little bit stressful at first. It's daunting. It's overwhelming. Um, and I think one piece of advice for entrepreneurs that I, I would highly recommend to have a co-founder. I think that's one of the biggest, uh, ways you're going to increase your level of success is having a co-founder from an accountability perspective, but also from just a pure motivational energy um, you know, mindset uh, perspective as well. And at Brutal Buddha, we focus a lot on mindset. We're actually, that's our theme for March is we're in mindset March. So, um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're excited, but uh, appreciate the question. I'm sure we could go on, you know, for hours about this. Yeah. I'm interested on the mindset piece, thinking about the time that you were spending together before your full-time jobs finding time for your health and fitness and everything else as well. How did that affect your mental health? Yeah, it, it definitely took a bit of a toll. I would say both Ro and I found meditation and yoga to be extremely helpful, but I would say we, we, we were burning the, 
the, you know, the candle on both ends, as they say, right. And understandably, so we were both passionate, but we also wanted to maintain, you know, good standing in our roles. We, you know, as I mentioned, we were working in, you know, pretty sizable matrix organizations um, and, and holding quite a lot of responsibility. So we also are the kind of people that wouldn't let our teams down in our, you know, current climates. And um, we were both pretty open, right? Like we weren't, weren't hiding it. We weren't in intense stealth mode. We were just hustling, right? Doing doing both at the same time. And, you know, serial entrepreneurs sometimes have 10, 15, 20 businesses. And I'm talking about ultra seasoned, you know, serial entrepreneurs, but it's very doable if you manage your time properly, right? And if you are able to accelerate your uh, energy into the time that you actually spend working. So of course there's, you know, evangelists on this concept like Tim Ferriss and you've got Tony Robbins, you know, uh, preaching about energy management and anti-goals and, you know, cutting things out of your life that are not helpful. So Ro and I steadily started to do that. When we first met, we were still having fun. We were in our twenties. We were, you know, traveling just for the sake of traveling. And, you know, at some point we really looked at, you know, at each other and, and into the mirror at ourselves and said, look, if we're going to have this wide scale impact, to help a hundred million men and you know women over time uh, to live longer, healthier lives and live more inspired and fulfilled lives, right? Live, connect, and feel better, which is our vision. Then we need to really cut out the things that are not adding to that mission and that vision. Yeah, and ultimately not serving your customer or client. Exactly. So, Ro, along this journey, I'm sure you've come across loads of challenges. What would you say? one of your biggest challenges has been so far? Um, I think, you know, certainly I'm going to, I'm going to, cause that's a broad question, but I'm going to relate it to entrepreneurship specifically. Sure. Um, I think that for me personally, one of the biggest challenges has been, um, you know, knowing when to bring in somebody else to do a role that uh, either you're not good at yourself or you think you're good at, but you're not making good progress. Um, especially if you're a hands-on person who, you know, wants to kind of run with everything and make it work. I think there were a lot of moments and there still are in Brutal Buddha where Evan and I have some really big important projects and we're just really struggling to move the needle, right? We talk about these big rocks, you know, things like getting up your new website, you know, getting your first sales, um, you know, getting, uh, you know, landing into a retail store, for example, if you're just an online business, um, hiring your first, you know, major employee um, who you're going to give equity or a, a high salary to. Um, we've just made a lot of mistakes frankly, and we've spent a lot of time on things, you know, sometimes six, 12 months on something that really should only take two weeks, if I'm going to be honest. So, uh, you know, speed is entrepreneur's best friend, um, but it's also entrepreneur's uh, enemy. <laughs> so you want to move really fast, um, but you want to move smart. And so, you know, there's a quote by Jeff Bezos that I always remember that, you know, it's basically you're going to need to make decisions with 70% of the information. You're never going to have 100%. So you need to basically, once you have a healthy amount of information, you need to make the decision, you need to execute. And I think it's really important that even if you disagree, like even when Evan and I disagree, when we agree to move forward, uh, we're all in. 
and we're going to make it work. And so uh, those are some of the things that I've learned over time. Yeah, it's so good. And I think making mistakes along the journey is inevitable. Um, and it's obviously learning from these that we grow and the business grows. Evan, have you got any other challenges that you think worth mentioning? 100%, 100%. I, you know, I think I would, I would second everything Rose said uh, along the lines of decision-making, speed, you know, eradicating any doubt, right? Like those kinds of things definitely come up for entrepreneurs. Luckily, Ro and I have, have not had any doubt in this business. And that's especially because we've steadily seen it grow and we've got good customer feedback and that's really important for us. But I've seen other entrepreneurs have a lot of doubt go into dark places um, and, and really wonder if they should keep pushing, if it's time to throw in the towel. And sadly, we've seen some, you know, end prematurely. Uh, or flatline, right? And, and kind of just, you know, stay as a small business. So I think the biggest thing is, as you transition from, you know, whether it's a mid-sized company or a smaller startup or an, an enterprise, when you're moving to, to entrepreneurship, you have to be willing to ride the waves. There will be down moments, right? So that's always a challenge for us. And this will tie back into our personal lives as well, right? Like, you know, Ro and I have experienced, you know, several different challenges as individuals, interrelational challenges, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of grief that has come up along the way. And we've found ways to support one another. Right. And also hold a mirror up for one another, right. To be able to say, Hey, look, you know, like, okay, like this is, this is, this is horrible. This is bad, but now it's time to focus on the future. Right. So we do a lot of work around future self, which I'm sure you're aware of, you know, visualization. And I think those are some of the things that have helped us to overcome some of these more personal challenges, because, you know, at the end of the day, we do believe in work-life harmony, right? And we, mm -hmm. we, we carried ourselves in that way within our corporate lives. And we continue to, to this day in our startup lives. At the start of that transition, when you were coming, I guess it was the point where you were leaving your jobs and going full time with the business. Were there any lessons that came up at that stage that you really remember as big lessons or something you'll never forget? I would, I would go to Ray first on this one. Um, I don't know if it's a lesson, but one thing that I really didn't realize I was going to go through uh, when I did leave my corporate job was um, uh, I was a little bit sad <laughs> in some ways. It sounds a bit strange, but um because I was at my ex company for almost 10 years, I had built some really deep relationships with people, you know, um, they're basically almost family members to me. So um, entrepreneurship is really exciting. And obviously it's great that Evan and I were co-founders, but, you know, I felt like my life was changing quite dramatically um, when I was going into entrepreneurship and it was a strange feeling kind of that last day I left the office and turned to my laptop and all that kind of stuff. So that was a weird feeling. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people have different feelings. Some people are probably like, hell yeah, like I'm ready to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, let's go. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily one of those people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of one big thing. I really didn't think I was going to experience, um, and then the other was just kind of sort of like the, uh, there was the excitement, but then also just kind of the fear of the unknown, um, like what, you know, it's very, you know, when you go from these like matrix organizations where you have your 
manager and you're coming in, you're clocking in, you're doing this, you're doing that. It's like, everything's very structured. You don't ever need to worry about what you're doing. But when you're, when you're entrepreneurs and Evan and I would go and we'd sit in the coffee shop and it's a, it's a blank, it's a blank canvas and you decide what you do every day and you either get nothing done every day or you get a lot done every day. Um, but you got to have structure. You got to create your own structure and create it for each other. Um, and so that was another big learning I had was, holy shit, I have all this free time and all this, you know, uh, vision to do whatever I want, but I need to like, you know, create some structure and, you know, let's meet at this time. Let's have these weekly calls and let's do this and let's do that. So, uh, it's very easy to get kind of, uh, distracted and figure out, oh my God, I did nothing the last week. <laughs> you know, so yeah and Evan was it similar lessons for you or completely different you know I had a quite unique experience because it was my second go at transitioning from corporate to startup so I did it you know four years prior and you know in that experience it was definitely more daunting I would say the first time around when I when I when I went back to corporate and I did it mostly so I could learn about the world of financial services, private equity, credit distress debt, it, it, for me it felt like it was going to be just this kind of open-ended journey where I build startup on the side and I keep dabbling in startup until something takes off and grows legs, you know, so it becomes a no-brainer. I, I think that's an anomaly, right? I don't think there's so too many people who can say that you have that experience, right? They start something on the side. And then it just blows up like crazy and they have no fear because it's already bringing in more cash than, you know, more a bigger salary for them than what their corporate jobs are bringing in. So, you know, I think that's pretty rare. So for me, it was definitely uh, more daunting the first time because it was a uh, pre-revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, whereas this transition with post-revenue. So the one thing I felt, you know, similar to Roe was, um, was, wow, this is actually happening. The reality was setting in, but then I started to feel you know, in the last month or two before, you know, actually making the jump, right? Once I knew the date and when I was going to start, you know, making my exit plan and communicating that to my team, started to feel like I really wish I would have studied and learned more on the job, right? So I think so many people say, oh, I'll go, you know, I'll go to that seminar or I'll, I'll say yes to that event, you know, after hours um, when I next time or the time after, you know, I'm just going to relax. But one thing I would recommend to anybody who's in their current position is just soak it up, right? Soak it up. If you're there for six months or six years or anywhere in between, even 10 years, 15 years, 30, soak it up, be present, right? And I'm sure you practice a lot of that in your yoga practice and in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. It's interesting. You both mentioned fear as well. It's like mm -hmm. making that leap. Ro, was there something that you did or found that helped you overcome that fear? Um, there were there were a few things. I think you know, right around that time, uh, I, I was definitely practicing yoga quite regularly. Um, you know, three times a week, I was getting into my you know my my half the two classes in pure, and I was really starting to like get into it. And I found it really therapeutic and relaxing. Um, so, so that, that definitely helped. Uh, I think, you know, it helped, uh, just getting back to that point that Evan said, you know, visualization, what does the future look like? Uh, you know, I'm a very forward thinking 
in person. And so when I, when I, when I envisioned like, you know, what the business and how many people were going to impact, you know, 10 years from now, I would just, I would just get so excited. So if I would have like a rough day or the business is not moving or I'm scared, I would just remember like the future is bright, you know, like I'm optimistic. The future is bright. And uh, I had a good support network around me. You know, I had a lot of entrepreneurs who were building their businesses around me, which were helping guide me. So I didn't feel alone. Um, So I found that very helpful to have a network and a community of other entrepreneurs helping each other. I think without that, I would have, I would have had a hard time, not to say I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it, but I would certainly have had a hard time uh, without being in a network of community of small business owners. Yeah, that's really good advice. Evan, did you, obviously you talked about the visualization before, did you have any other best call it tactics that you use to help you overcome the fear. I know it was the second time for you. So maybe you felt a little bit more comfortable, but any kind of tips that you could recommend or suggest? Yeah. The biggest one is just hustle, go all out, right? Like you're in more control of your destiny than you realize. So anytime I would feel that fear and like sit with it, I would then meditate on it. I would journal about it and then I would go attack it. Right. I would, I would face it head on. So that's anything from our fundraising efforts, you know, evangelizing the business, pitching it, getting feedback, going to events, networking, all the way to deep work sessions that Ro and I have done where we've whiteboarded, we've come up with amazing ideas, you know, huge radical ideas of where we can take the business, dreaming huge, right? So yeah, I would say tackling it head on and just running at it versus running away from it. Outside of that, uh, the consistent practice with the gym and you know, regular workouts and uh, a good sleep routine is definitely helpful as well when facing fear. Yeah, I guess that comes back to what Rose said as well about having your structure, not only within the business, but outside the business as well, looking after your yourself, your well-being, mental health, physical health, and all of that. Um, before we finish up, um, could you give a little bit of advice to either your younger self when you were just starting the business or someone who's in that position now, what's your one golden nugget? Yeah, I can jump in there. So I would say start today, right? Like if I could talk to myself at whatever it is, 22, 23, 24, I would just say start today, right? There were so many goals or projects or books or things that I wanted to learn. And you say, I've got time, I'm young, whatever, I can go to the beach and I can be laissez-faire. And that's not to say you need to be a robot, right? But I I felt like in the micro, I would push too many things off to tomorrow and tomorrow quickly became next year. And then over time became a decade later, right? There's still books that I have written down in my journals from 10 years ago that I have not got to. And that just, that's just a matter of priorities, right? Like new priorities come up that you're not aware of. So if you have an instinct for something, or if you have a gut feeling, follow it in the moment, you know, set a, set a plan for yourself, put it on the calendar uh, and hold yourself accountable. Right. So um, one thing Ro and I joined uh, at the start of our entrepreneurial journey, this go around with Brutal Buddha was an accountability group called Knox. And prior to that, you know, maybe you share with a couple of friends or your teammates in the corporate world, what your goals are, right? Personal and professional. 
and familial, right? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? But if you build a strong group, a core group of people who are going to hold you accountable to the degree that if you don't reach the goals, there's, you know, maybe some sort of workout or exercise you have to do that's strenuous, you know, militaristic style. Like it depends. Every group is different. But for us, we had a combination of, you know, punishment and reward. And it really helped us to stay true to our goals and push ourselves harder and harder and harder. You release dopamine when you hit your goals, right? But you can't hit your goals if you don't create them. So I would say set goals sooner, earlier uh, in your career and go after them in real time. Amazing. And Ray? Yeah, I think for me, uh, it would have been to surround myself with more friends and mentors that have done what I want to do. Uh, and so I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to build a business. But frankly, you know, a lot of my friends and mentors were not necessarily people who had done those two things. So mm. um, whereas I didn't really get that until, you know, I moved to Hong Kong and I met Evan in 2017 and we started this business uh, in 2018, at least the idea. So that's what I would have done because I spent a lot of time in my 20s kind of thinking about business ideas and talking about it and, you know, a lot of talking, not a lot of doing. Um, and I was talking to people who were not entrepreneurs. They weren't, you know, I was talking to my coworkers. I was talking to my, you know, kind of family members, some of which who were not entrepreneurs. So, you know, I think it really helps to have people who've been there and have done that. And they kind of, they kind of coached you along. And I, and I had, I had one, um, I had one good buddy who is an entrepreneur and he's like, when are you quitting, bro? Like what I love that you're talking about all these things, but what day are you quitting? Like, cause you're net, the business is never going to take off until you quit. And that's when I had a light bulb, like, you know what? He's right. I got to just quit. So I set a date. I set an intention and that date was December 31st of 2020. And I set that date a year in advance. And I said, I am going to quit on this day. And Evan knows that's the day I quit. Say again, mm. regardless of that. circumstance, regardless. I said, really I don't cool care what's say. happening. I'm quitting on this day. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that Ray was talking about not speaking to the right people and just talking. It's like the ideas and talking, but no action. And then Evan's piece of advice is start today. So essentially, you're saying the same thing. It's just get going and I love the setting the intention and giving yourself a year is great. I mean, I think a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves and be like, okay, I'm going to do this next month, but it doesn't have to be next month. You can take your time. And I think a year is a great timeline as well. Yeah. And I would just say, if you are, if you are in a corporate setting, right, you don't have to be, you don't have to jump so immediately or you don't have to start your own enterprise or your own entity immediately outside of that you can start to gain experience by building kind of a, um, a micro startup within the role and function that you have for let's say a three to six month period now that's not to say don't start today and you know i'm, I'm being hypocritical to everything bro and i just said it's just don't don't feel that it has to be one way or the other right you can start creating projects and there's a lot of companies out there that incentivize this right the big tech companies obviously you know not lately with some of the big layoffs but like historically a lot of companies would give you you know three hours or six hours to focus on your own innovative project and if you're in a company that doesn't 
right? Just create time yourself, right? You can do it during lunch hours. You can do it, you know, towards the end of the day when people start going home, uh, whenever it makes sense for you. But just start to work on something that you feel good and invigorated by. Because if you're invigorated by it, it's going to grow legs. Yeah. Something that came up in the last episode was it doesn't have to be 0% or 100%. You can just do a mm. little bit. And I think you kind of highlighted that there. So that's really nice. Cool. Thank you, guys. No, it's been great speaking to you both. Where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, they can find us at brutalbitofgear.com. Uh, that's our website. And then our Instagram is lowercase brutal, B-R-U-T-A-L underscore Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A. Uh, and then we also have, you know, a Facebook community group with over 6,000 male yoga practitioners. Uh, and then we have, you know, a TikTok, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, if you ever want to have a call with us, it's just Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash Brutal Buddha, Calendly dot com slash Brutal Buddha. And you can hop on the phone with Evan and I anytime. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. We'd love to extend a discount code for your community. So we will go ahead and share that with you after the call. This way you can, you know, pass it along when you, when you publish the podcast and the video cast, you can put it in the comments and, you know, people can enjoy a little bit of a perk, you know, for, for being part of the, the wider mindful escape and brutal Buddha community. I'll be spending some time in San Francisco, Miami area and New York city. So if anybody listens to your podcast in the coming three weeks, uh, definitely reach out to us because Ro and I will be doing some roadshows. We'll be doing some events in Florida and in New York. So stay tuned and more importantly, stay brutal. And there we have it. Thank you so much for listening. That was a really exciting episode. The biggest takeaway for me was about structure. Ro really talked about structuring your day for your business, making sure you dedicate time, whether you're still in your corporate job or you've already transitioned full-time into your entrepreneur lifestyle. Structuring your workday is really important. And then Evan also touches on structuring outside of your workday, so fitting time for your health, your mental well-being, your family, and your friends. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you did, please give it a follow, ring the bell, and we'll see you same time next week.